Amen. What a great song, isn't it? Amen. Take your Bibles this evening and turn with me to the book of John, the book of John chapter number 6, the book of John chapter number 6 and verse number 15 is what we'll be reading. John chapter number 6 and verse number 15 and... uh, We'll read down through verse number 21, a story familiar to us, preached about this story not too awful long ago, and it's not the same sermon, and um, in fact, I think I used one of the other gospels in the the same story, but uh, we'll read verses 15 through 21, I'll read verse 15, join me on 16, and so on down through verse number 21, this is John chapter number 6. The Bible says, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king... He departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when even was now come, his disciples went down unto the sea and entered into a ship, went over the sea toward Capernaum, and it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea, drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he saith unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. I want to speak to you as the title of my message is this, Storms of Life, Storms of Life. Let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to be in church tonight. And uh, Lord, once again, we're a needy folks. We, We need something from you this evening. And I believe in this portion of Scripture there is something for us. And I pray that our hearts will be tender to the things of God tonight. We take it in. And we'd all understand that that's part of life, storms. So just guide us and direct us. And again, Lord, if there's somebody here not saved, that tonight would be the night of their salvation. And we'll thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The story we just read is found three times in the Gospels. You know, many times you'll find some of the same stories in either, you know, in, in some or all of them or, you know, uh, one, two, or three of them, but, uh, or four of them. And uh, the same story, but tells us a little bit more information. Uh, they're not contradict, uh, they don't contradict each other. What they do is they tell us some more information about it. And uh, that's the way the Lord did that. And uh, it's found, this story is found in Matthew chapter 14, also in Mark chapter 6, and then what we just read here in John chapter number 6. And when we read them, if you take the time to read all of them, and I'll kind of go over it a little bit here as we get, begin. If you read, take time to read them, you'll find out it will give you the complete story of what took place. Uh, it's seen and told through the dives, I think, of some of the, the different writers here. And they tell us things. They kind of remind us of who the one that was writing uh, uh, that, that book. And, uh, but they, get, they give a complete story of, of what took place. And, and, uh, but each account has a little bit different ending. And it uh, doesn't mean that, that they're separate stories, but it just tells us a little bit different about that. When I look into the book of Matthew, and uh, we won't have to turn to it. I'll just read you some of the verses there. But in Matthew, we find out, and of course, if you've, if you've, if you've studied your Bible before, you'll find out that uh, uh, the book of Matthew portrays the Lord Jesus Christ as the, as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, uh, the King of Israel. In Matthew 14, 22 and 23, we find there the Lord told the disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side. 
and he stayed alone and prayed for them. We read down in verse number 24 through 27, the Lord came to them in the fourth watch, the last watch of the night, and walking on the sea, and he comforted them. In verses 28 through 31, Peter walked on the water with the Lord. What an amazing thing to walk on the water, isn't it? And uh, can you imagine how that must have been? And then, and then uh, in verses 32 to 33, they came into the ship, and the wind ceased, and the disciples worshipped him. And then we go to, we could open our Bibles, you don't need to, I wrote those down, but then we could go to the book of Mark and we could find some of the story there also, which portrays the Lord in the book of Mark as the ox or the servant of man. And the disciples, we find about them there that they wondered. It didn't say that in the, in the book of Matthew, but uh, in verse number 45, that tells us about the Lord sent the disciples to the other side. In verses 46 and 47, the Lord prayed for the disciples. In verse 48, the Lord watched over the disciples as they toiled, rowing, and came and, and he came to them. In verses 49 to 50, the disciples saw the Lord and he comforted them. And then verse 51, the disciples were amazed there and, and their hearts, in their hearts they wondered. And again, that's telling us a little something else that happened there in verse 52 and about them that they had forgotten the miracle of the loaves. You know, sometimes just a little side point right here, sometimes we forget what the Lord has done. What a shame that we do that, you know, to forget some of the important things that God's done in our life. And, and uh, you know, he blesses us all the time. That's why we need to take time. In my Sunday school class, we take a few moments every Sunday morning to, you know, just, just say something good about the Lord, want to thank the Lord for something. And it's good for us to bring up and remember what God's done. And uh, because sometimes I think we can get so down about problems and troubles and trials that come in our life that we just forget about what God has done. And you heard me say that uh, as you grow older, you're able to look back a lot farther and see the hand of God in your life. I, I was listening to, a, I think it was a song this week, and uh, I think it was that. And, and someone said this, you know, what we need to do is take time to see the, 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 the handprint of God in this old world. You know, you drive down now, a sad thing has happened the leaves have fallen off the trees. I wish they would stay colorful and stay up until the new ones come out. Hey Amen. I don't like naked trees. Hey Amen. I just don't like it. I don't like all the leaves. I don't like raking them up. I don't like cleaning them up. I love the beauty of the leaves. And I, uh, I, I find myself so oftentimes uh, I, I drive and gawk. And uh, I gripe when someone in front of me does that, but I like to do it. And uh, I like to look and see the beauty of it. And uh, I was telling my wife I was by myself, and I was uh, uh, driving out towards uh, Loisburg and, uh, to see somebody. And, and uh, while I'm driving out there, and I looked at those mountains, and they were so beautiful. And, uh, I, I, and it hit me. God made them that way. I, I, I was driving. Uh, I was down to Williamsburg this past week there. went down to see Broomballs. And, and uh, I, I was just driving along, and I told my wife, I said, I just... I enjoyed my drive. The reason was I was all by myself, and so it was quiet. And uh, but I enjoyed I enjoyed my drive. And I said I said uh, just the beauty. Uh, look around and I think of the hand of God. Our back door at our house, right off of the kitchen dining room area, is uh, three door doorways. It's only one door, but they're the, like the same size as the door, and they're glass. And it's, oh, what, maybe eight foot, something like that. And uh, I love it. I like to look outside. But I guarantee you this. You look at my windows, and you'll know that I have grandkids. 
You know, you got all these little squares like you have in the windows here. The only thing is, my doors are the old ones where that the grate is not on the inside, and so I forget. I think there's like what eighty some or ninety some little panels, forty five times two. Yeah, both sides times two, so that would be ninety. Ninety windows. So every time I see the kids go over there, put hands, ah! But but here's the thing. You know what that tells me? I looked at them today. Because you can clean them, just have one of them come over. That's one of them right there. You have them come over. Now, what happens? She doesn't touch the bottom ones anymore. She touches the higher ones. And then when Titus comes over, he just touches the top of the door, you know. And uh, when I look at that, you know what? I see the handprints. And right away, I'm thinking, man, we've got to clean those windows again. And then it hits me. Those are my grandkids. I look at the doors down here. You know, they get cleaned every week. Every week, she cleans these windows there. And then I watch as the kids come in, and, they're, and they turn around, they're looking out the door. Did you see the sheep out there? <laughs> Fingerprints. And you watch as the kids grow up, they just get higher. But I oftentimes thought, you know what, if there were no fingerprints, there'd be no children. I mean, it's a job cleaning them. When you notice the fingerprints, you notice there's kids. Well, what a church would be without kids. How glorious. No, how, how sad it would be. We need to stop and see the handprints of God and see what he does. I think as I was brought me up to say this, didn't plan on saying all that, but I threw that in for extra. But what happened, the disciples forgot about the miracles of the loaves. In John chapter 6, which portrays the Lord as an eagle and almighty Jehovah God, the disciples went with them. Verse 15, the Lord went into the mountain alone. In verse 16 and 17, the disciples came to the sea, entered in the ship, rode in the darkness. The Lord came to the disciples in verses 18 and 19, walking on the sea. In verse 20, the Lord comforted the disciples. Verse 21, the disciples received the Lord into the ship and were immediately on the other side. But the thing that happened was there was a storm when the disciples got in the ship. A great miracle had taken place. The Lord said, I want you to go, and I want you to get in the ship. And he went to pray, and you remember the story. But the thing was, there was a storm. When we look in the Bible, and I believe the Bible gives us this idea that when storms come, it gives us the impression of difficult times in our lives. Life is difficult. I mean, kids right now, I think probably these little girls over here, don't understand as di- how difficult it is like even Reese is older. You're just a little bit older, but you're, you're a teenager. Reese understands now in the teenage years of, are you in algebra yet? Oh, I'm sorry to bring that up. And, uh, but I'll tell you, his paces are harder than their paces. And they're, they're, they're looking at stuff and some things seem hard to you. You ain't seen nothing yet, girls. <laughs> but it gets a little bit harder. And then what happens, you get married. Scary. <laughs> because now there's a lot more responsibility, a lot more things. And then what happens, you've got those younger years, you're doing fine, you can jump, you can run, you can climb that top of the mountain without any problem, and then you get older. I went up in the woods yesterday for about an hour and a half. That is about as long as I can handle it. 
And I went up there stumbling around. I'm sure if there was anybody else up there, they thought, look at that hunter, he's drunk. <laughs> I have a hard time feeling the ground with my feet, the numbness there, and stu stumbling around. And then, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, it's tough. And as you grow older, more problems. Lisa and Seth were out knocking doors last yesterday and, and knocked on the door at a lady. And she came to the door with her walker, set her walker aside. And she's standing there, and all of a sudden she said, I'm getting dizzy. And she just boom, fell back on the floor. Well, Lisa, she ran in, and, and uh, Seth ran away. And uh, <laughs> they ran in and helped pick this lady up. And uh, uh, she called the church. I guess she was thanking you again for taking care of her. And, and, and they said to her, Lisa said, do you hurt anywhere? She goes, I'm old. Of course I hurt. You know? So <laughs> she had a good sense of humor about it all, amen. But, uh, you know, I'd have to say probably that lady has more storms than what we have. And it happens in life. The men in the story we read here tonight were in a storm. The Bible says they rode hard. It was a difficult thing. But I think there's something else we can take from it. They managed in the storm. They were able to keep on rowing. It wasn't so much the storm came where they said, well, we might as well give up, just forget, let the oars go, might as well just, just, just lay down and die. That's not what happened. They managed. Because when I stop and I think about the story here, it's not the same story of the time when the waves began to come into the boat and, and the Lord was sleeping in the boat, in the ship. But the, seas, the sea did rise and the wind was contrary to them. But stop and think who these men were. These were fishermen. They were men that were used to being out on the sea. They knew what it was to be in a storm. Now, if you, you know, most of us have not been on the sea in a storm. And I'm sure if all of a sudden a storm came up upon us when we're out on the, on the, on the sea or something, uh, you know what it would do? It would scare us. But these were men that understood the sea. They understood storms will come they knew that not always when they were out fishing was the water calm they knew that there was times when the the seas would be contrary they were used to the storms and of course we know the storms come because of sin adam and eve sinned in the garden of eden way long time ago didn't they you know people could say well it doesn't matter they sinned a long time ago but there was a penalty for that sin and we still suffer today because of the sin of man. And may I say, we still suffer because of our own sin too. But because of Adam's sin, we know that the storms in life are a natural part of our life. Sometimes the storms come for chastisement, when God chastens us. Though I know this, they're always a part of our lives here on this earth. Now, several things, just real shortly, I want to give to you this evening about this, that we find three sides of the storms. One of them is this, the omnipotent side of the storm. When I say about the omnipotent, I'm, I'm talking about all-powerful. And who is all-powerful? That's the Lord. He's all-powerful. The Bible says in the book of Nahum, if you'd like to turn back there, you can. It's, it's one of those books that's sometimes a little bit harder to find, but... Uh, uh, just, just before the book of Micah, right after the book of Obadiah, and which probably doesn't help you a whole lot. 
But uh, uh, the book of, uh, I'm sorry, that was Jonah. And uh, here it is. Where am I at now? I just, it's right after Micah. Okay, I was looking at Jonah there. Right after Micah is the book of, of Nahum and then Habakkuk. That helped you a whole lot more, didn't it? All right, not tobacco, Habakkuk, all righty. And, uh, but we find here in the book of Nahum, I, I, I believe something very important. If you, if you have it there, you can look at it as I read it to you. If you're not sure exactly where it's at, that's all right. Just follow along with, just listen to me. I'll read it to you. The burden of Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum, the Eclashite, God is jealous and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry and drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him. And the hills melt and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him. Oh, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Verse 7. The Lord is what? Good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. But I tell you what, when I look and I see all that God is able to do, I find out, Still, God is good and a stronghold in the day of trouble. You know, I think about the omnipotent side of the storm. I think about the Lord as the administrator of the storm. You see, here's the thing, and we need to understand God as he really is. That God sometimes allows, allows or even causes storms in our life. There's a reason behind whatever God does. I may not understand it. You know, sometimes people come to the preacher and say, well, preacher, you know, why is this happening to me? I don't know. I know God has a reason. It may be chastening. It may be that God's trying to teach us to trust him. I think those disciples that night learned to trust the Lord a whole lot more. But either God causes the storm in our lives or he allows them. He's not only the administrator of the storm, but he's also this. I believe he's the accelerator of the storm. In other words, he can make our storms large or he can make our storms small. He can make them powerful or he can make them weak. Sometimes it takes something to really shake us to get us to look up. We're so bullheaded, aren't we, sometimes? I mean, it's those, those, those little storms we can probably, you know, we can handle all right. I'll be honest with you, growing up in Indiana, there was a lot of tornadoes around. Never really was in any, but they were all around us. You know, it's the tornado warnings. But, you know, whenever a storm came up and the wind blew, it was like no big deal. But when all of a sudden you heard the sirens and, and the radio, the TV, all of a sudden you heard the emergency broadcasting system. And you heard that beeping sound, and they would say, everybody in Lake County, Indiana, should take cover. A tornado's been sighted such and such place. I'll be honest with you, it's a scary thing. Because a tornado is not something small. 
Now, when the storm would come and thunder and lightning, we would sit. We'd even be entertained by the lightning oftentimes. I remember when I was a little kid in, in Highland, Indiana, we would sit. We had a screened-in porch. And when it was thundering and lightning, the storm, I remember we used to sit on the front porch and just watch it and listen to the rain. And it, and it really brought comfort. It was a storm, but it was just a little storm. It really didn't bother us too much. But those times they said it's a tornado. And we had to go to the basement. It was scary. I remember, remember us huddling down in the basement, and, and we, we would be all upset. And we'd, we'd say to my mom, say, Mom, are we going to be all right? And she would always say this, Jesus will take care of us. I'm glad I had a mom that believed that. And by the way, he did. But I began to think, you know, he's the accelerator of the storm. Sometimes he sends a large storm to get our attention. Sometimes it's a powerful storm. Sometimes it's a weak storm, a small storm. God does it for a reason. I think about this big storm make, makes us a little bit fearful looking when we say, I'm scared. And mom says, Jesus, take care of us. And then sometimes when the thunder and the lightning and just a regular rainstorm, you look and you see the power of God. God's big. God, look, look at God sending the rain down to water the grass and, and water everything and put water in our wells so we have something to drink and to bathe. But he's also the accommodator in the storm. He's the accommodator. In other words, he's always there. He never, he remember, he promised to never leave us or forsake us. There's never been a storm that we ever go through. There'll never be a storm you'll go through that he will not be there. He's always there. He's always there. I'm so glad I have a God like that. Amen. You know, I think about how many people are saved. And he says, I'm with you all. He said, preacher, do you understand it? No. I can't understand how that God could be everywhere at one time, but I believe it. You know, maybe when we get to heaven, we can ask him, how did that happen, Lord? You know, I, I really, I think we won't ask a bunch of questions when we get to heaven. One thing is we'll know things, but the second thing is, why do we even need to know? Just know that he does. And so there's the omnipotent side of the storm, and then there's the occupant side of the storm. 1 Peter 1, 7 says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trials that we go through, the storms that we go through. You know, really when it comes down to it, there's a duty that we have as a Christian. You know what one of the duties is? Trust the Lord. Mr. Preacher, I'm going through some trials. I'm, I'm going through a storm right now. Trust the Lord. Trust Him. That's our duty. And to trust Him. We must not worry about the storms. You say, well, what if a storm comes? Well, I'm going to tell you, sometimes storms will come. But you don't need to worry about it now. Don't waste your time worrying about it. But may I say something else? I know this is hard. I'm preaching to myself, too. We're not to worry about the storms that may come, and we're not to worry in the storms. Like Mom said, Jesus will take care of us. We just need to trust Him. It's our duty to obey God in the storm. We need to help us when we stop and realize He knows what He's doing and what is happening in our lives. Now think about it. Let this sink in. That which is happening in our lives, God has allowed it to happen. I know what's, what's in your mind right now. Why? I don't know. But the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God says, trust me. But God, I don't see it. 
I don't understand. Of course not, because all we can see is right here. And God sees all eternity, doesn't he? And God knows what's going on. We need to realize God knows what he's doing and what he's allowing in our lives. You say, preacher, what do we do then when the storms of life come? It's our duty to glorify God in the storm. You know, I've been talking to my Sunday school class about our, our testimony. I think about the Apostle Paul had a huge, great, wonderful testimony to the people of Thessalonica. The people knew about him and knew how great he was and, and, and the testimony. They, they, they could say, that, that Apostle Paul, I can imagine some people saying, wait, but do you know what he was like before he got saved? And, and, and I'm sure, you know, people could say, yeah, I know what he was like. But here's the thing. He wasn't like he used to be. He had a testimony. You know, people watch us as we go through storms, don't they? You know, moms and dads, your kids are watching you when you go through a storm in your life. If you fall apart, kids watch that. We need to let them see that God takes us through the storms. That we'll go through and then we'll come out the other side. Storms come in our life sometimes just for the fact for us to bring glory unto the Lord. You, wonder, you see sometimes people going some, through so much. You wonder how in the world they go through it. But you know what, the, what it does? It brings glory to God. You watch them still serve the Lord no matter what. And then number three. There's the other side of the storm. Psalm 30 verse 4 and 5 says, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger, excuse me, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life, weeping endure for a night. But listen to this. But joy cometh in the morning. Aren't you glad for the joy that comes in the morning? You know, I get up early, early, sometimes crazy early. I can't, I can't lay real long. I just start hurting, you know, it's, and uh, old age, I guess, creeping in or something. But uh, I, uh, the other night, I got 2.30 in the morning. That's Mark. He gets up. What time do you get up? About one thirty. But he goes to work. I get up and I don't go to work. Well, I, I, well, I. You, never mind. But I, I get up early. Four o'clock, three thirty, four o'clock, four thirty, uh, and uh, I, I, I get up. But you know one of the things I do look forward to, the sun coming up. And I'll be down in my room and I, 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 I read some and I, and uh, I pray and, and I listen to some music and. And then after I, I have to take a pill and I can't, I've taken on an empty stomach, which is a very seldom thing in my case, empty. But I take this pill and I can't eat anything for a half hour. And so I, I, I set a timer so that I could go and make a cup of coffee. Amen. I look forward to my cup of coffee. And oh, man, I probably shouldn't tell you this. But I also like with my cup of coffee, animal crackers. Isn't that a manly thing? Well, let's look at this one. I eat animal crackers. I eat a rhinoceros, an elephant. You know, I give me a little handful of of of, of crackers, and and I and I sit there, and I, I'll munch on them a little bit, and and you can dunk them in your coffee, and they get they get really soggy fast. You don't wait too long, or you're going to have to fish it out. And uh, but I, I'll eat those eat a little a few of those cookies there in the morning, drink my coffee, and I keep looking out the window. All of a sudden, I see the sky getting a little bit light, 
And I know it won't be long. The sun will come up. The sun's going to come up in the morning. When the storms of life come in our, our lives and it gets so dark, always know the, the sun will come up in the morning. But joy, the Bible said in Psalm 30, verse 5, you just read the whole thing there, for his anger endureth but a, a moment, and his, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I believe God will sustain us in the storm. That's what we read in Nahum chapter number 1 and verse number 7. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. You know, a stronghold in the day of trouble, you knoweth them that trust in him. He'll sustain us in that storm. He'll also supply us in the storm. You say, why do you believe that? Because the Lord is good. The Lord always supplies our needs, doesn't he? You know what's wonderful about the Lord? He not only gives us all our needs, he gives us a lot of our wants. Doesn't he? Huh? I mean, isn't it amazing? You know, I think, think about this. All we really need is one suit of clothes. All we need is just one pair of shoes, ladies. It's in the Bible somewhere. Isn't it amazing all that we have? I go in my closet and I go, which shirt am I going to wear today? Which suit am I going to wear? You ladies went, to, went in there, you know, you said, I think I wear these shoes. And about after five shoes trying on, you finally got the right pair. And the dresses, you try that on. I've seen my wife before. I saw, oh, you look nice. We get in the car and I go, that's not what you had on before. Isn't it amazing how we have so much? Some of you look at me like you're crazy. I know you got, you got one, one shirt and one pair of breeches, fellas, and that's it. No, it's amazing. God supplies not only our needs, but he supplies wants, too. Oh, how good God is. I sometimes you go out to the garage and you're like, which, which vehicle are we going to take? Isn't it amazing? We're multi-car people, aren't we? You're know, like, well, should we take the truck or take the car? And I go, I don't know. Now that I'm getting older, I want to drive the car more. You say, why? Parking spaces. Old people don't drive as good as young people, Amen. And uh, I look and I go pull that truck in. I'm always crooked, you know, and I get dirty looks by people parked next to me and they go in and they're trying to squeeze in between them. It's amazing how blessed we are. God's so good to us. He supplies in the storm. He, he secures us in the storm, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And God will save us from the storm. The Bible says, knoweth them that trust in him. You know what storms do? Six little things. You thought I was almost done, didn't you? Weren't you thinking that? But listen to this. Storms get our attention. Storms get our attention. Storms interrupt our plans. Huh? Uh, how many times, you know, you think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mow the grass today. You get up and you think, well, I think I'll do it in the afternoon. And then it rains. Interrupts our plans. You got a cookout outside, and all of a sudden the storm comes up. Sometimes it interrupts our plans, but you know what? God interrupts our plans because God has a better plan. Storms show us our weakness. The storms of life show us how weak we are, causing us to depend upon Him. Storms correct our sinfulness. I don't know about you, but when a storm comes in my life, I start thinking, Lord, search me, O oh God. Search me and know my thoughts and know what's going on in my life. Or is there anything I need to correct? 
Storms, the fifth thing is storms prove our foundation. Makes me realize this, as I go through a storm, I see who is taking care of me. I know my foundation is in the Lord. And then the sixth thing I wrote down was storms introduce us to our, to our, reintroduce us to our Savior. Sometimes we just need a fresh look. Some of us have been saved for a long time. We need, to, we need it to be fresh once again. Yeah, there's a good reason for the storms of life. There's good reason even when they're difficult. So preacher, tell me why. I don't know. But I know the Lord is good. I know what Nahum said. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. Storms are part of life. But we'll never go through a storm by ourselves. The disciples were in that ship. He said they were going through trouble. Did the Lord know about what was going on? Why, he sure did. And then he came to them, and everything was all right. Everything was all right. I mean, they were handling things, but when did they, the Bible said that they feared. When did they fear? When they saw the Lord. They had never seen anybody walking on water before. It wasn't so much the storm itself. Sometimes storms are scary to us. We need to realize the Lord is there. Now, let me think about this for a moment. Let's think about this. You think the disciples ever forgot this story? I don't think so. I'm sure as they grew older, they probably talked to each other sometimes and talked to others. You imagine some of the disciples talking to some of the younger generation saying, you're not going to believe what happened one day. We've just been there where they fed a bunch of folks. We got in a ship. We started over the sea. A storm came. And you're not going to believe what happened. Because right there, they're going to think, wow, that was really something. They fed all those people. Yeah, that was something. But wait, let me tell you this. While we're out there in the, in the sea and we're rowing the best we can, a storm came up. And we looked out and someone was walking on the water. Can you imagine the people sitting around, maybe a bunch of kids going, no way. No way. Nobody walks on the water. I'm telling you right now, someone walk on the water. Who was it? It was the Lord. I could almost hear the disciples saying, I'll never forget that. He came to us. You know, the storms of life are difficult, but don't ever forget that he's there. It's difficult. They were rowing. They were toiling while the sea was churning. But the Lord knew where they were. And the Lord knew what was going on. And the Lord knew this. They were fine. Because he had his eye on them. And he was going to take care of them. So storms will come in our life. So what do we do? We need to learn from the storms of life. And learn enough that we'll get to the place where we'll say, you know, when the next storm comes, that God will take care of me. Just like he did in the other storms. And he will, won't he? The storms of life. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you again tonight. With the times of the storms that we go through, sometimes we understand why we're going through it, sometimes we don't. But Lord, help us always to realize you're always good and you're always there and you always take care of us. Lord, help us to trust you in the storms of life.
With our heads bowed and our eyes closed here this evening, I wonder if there'd be anyone here tonight said, Preacher, I'm just not sure if I died I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Preacher, I just don't know. I wonder if there'd be anyone here this evening said, Preacher, that's me. You know, it just seems like my life is nothing but a storm. Let me ask you, was there a time that you accepted Christ as your Savior? Is God trying to get a hold of you to show you your need for a Savior? I wonder if there'd be anyone here tonight say, Preacher, that's me. I don't know I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. Christian, tonight, I don't know what you're going through, but I know this, every Christian will go through storms. It's going to happen. And sometimes they're difficult. They're oftentimes scary. And we will toil in the storms. But the sun's coming up in the morning. There's joy in the morning. For the Lord came to them that night. And the Lord's there for you too. He wasn't there just for the disciples. He's there for us tonight. I don't know what storm you may be going through. But learn from it. And realize this. He's with me. He's with me. Father, thank you for this time tonight. Lord, I pray that we'll be a people that will put our faith and our trust in you, not only for salvation, but to take care of us through the storms of life. Speak to us tonight. May we not worry and fret. May we trust you. May we not worry about storms to come, and may we not worry in the storms. May we just trust you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Should we stand as the song is played? You need